You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, May 10th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, and Off the Bench Baseball, or my more entertainment sort of slant of things at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Film Cred, Inverse, Bloody Disgusting, and many more, and hopefully many more to come for both baseball and pop culture stuff. Of this year, Lockdown Padres podcast, though, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, only, 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 if you feel so inclined, you can hit me up on either of those two accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them and maybe even answer them here on the show. I've been doing a thing for the past couple weeks where if you send a five-star review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts and write in your little review uh, section of the thing a question, I guarantee it will be answered. In fact, I will be answering a question that was posed in the Apple Podcast group, uh, not group, uh, Apple Podcast review section tomorrow. Very exciting stuff, guys. And for today's episode, firstly, it is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. Pretty cool stuff there, guys. I hope everybody had a wonderful Mother's Day. The Padres certainly did. The Padres certainly did. We'll be talking about that game. But in general, we'll be talking about my biggest takeaways from this weekend series. Because aside from yesterday, it wasn't the best of weekends. It felt like a... It was really... It was dark. It got really dark there, you know? Uh, a lot of people were sad. A lot of people were sad on Twitter, uh, including myself to a degree. It was it was kind of a tough series. Um, but even still, despite all that, the Padres are still just a game and a half back of first place behind the Giants. Crazy, right? I mean, that's, that's another thing that we'll talk about in a second, the standings and how everything's shaken up. But first, I want to talk about my first biggest takeaway from this weekend series, which is... And I imagine it's it's been the big topic of conversation. It is Mr. Blake Snell. On Friday's game, the Padres lost to the Giants by a score of five to four, and Blake Snell was a starting pitcher. And yet again, he couldn't make it through six innings. In fact, he couldn't even make it through five. He goes four and two thirds in this game, allowing only one hit. One hit. Very odd, right? But allowing four earned runs. So you're wondering how the heck did that happen? Well, it's because he walked six guys. Walked six guys and struck out five with 95 pitches. His ERA on the season is 4.15, and his whip is at 1.48, which is definitely not good. In fairness, Keone Kella ended up giving up the go-ahead kind of home run here in this game that ended up really amounting to the loss in the first place, and the offense was, you know, not too bad. Four runs is still pretty solid, especially when they come from a Trent Grisham home run who's been on fire to start the season, and an Eric Hosmer homer who's been... Quite literally the best Padres player when it comes to runners in scoring position. Pretty uh, astounding stuff. But here's the thing with Blake Snell. And a lot of people are messaging me, what do we think? A lot of people are panicking. They're saying the Rays won the trade. It's over. Confirmed. Rays won the trade. Well, so far, it's hard to say that the Rays 
uh, don't look at least like they're in a decent position right now. So far through the season, Snell has not gone through at least six innings in any of his starts. So no quality starts, if you like using that metric uh, for Blake Snell so far on the year. Uh, Really not great in this last outing on Friday against San Francisco. He only threw 47 strikes of his 95 pitches, which is really bad. He currently carries a 42 to 21 strikeout to walk ratio, which is extremely not good. The strikeout rate is is good. That that is good. 42 strikeouts so far is not bad. That's that's definitely like he's getting guys out. But the free passes have just got to stop. Six walks in this game, three in the game before, uh, in two games against San Francisco, the last two starts. Against the Dodgers, he walked two. Against the Dodgers, he walked two. Then Pittsburgh, he walked two. And then San Francisco. So San Francisco's been killing him, apparently. He keeps walking all of their batters. So it hasn't been a great, splendid showing from Blake Snell so far. And my take is this. I'm going to say it. Yes, I'm concerned. I am concerned, but the level of concern is different. I'm not going to start pulling because I bet you guys are already getting tired of me just going, it's early, it's early, it's early. Like, is that what my response is going to be for everybody that underperforms? Well, sometimes it will be, but in this case, I do believe I'm at like a 30% concern for Blake Snell because this has always been a thing. And one of the, the fears about Blake Snell when the Padres traded for him was people were saying that the, the Cy Young year was more of an aberration and that... You know, everything just kind of went right that year. Maybe guys didn't necessarily hit into, you know, you have good defense maybe from the Tampa Bay Rays and, you know, all that type of stuff. And they're really good at developing pitchers and having guys blow up and all that stuff, right? But um, you look at every season after that, he's been a guy that really hasn't been able to go deep into games, which I understand. But even still, if he's not able to go super deep into games, but he's allowing one run or less in each start, that's still pretty good. I mean, in this game, up until this point, he hadn't given up more than three runs in a game, so yet he hadn't. He's been kind of bend not break so far for the Padres, except for this game where he walked six, which is really bad. Um, and I was just looking at some of the numbers on Statcast. The biggest thing with him basically right now is that the man is just not locating his pitches. I, I was evidenced by the walk stuff, and what I found to be very concerning is his out-of-zone swing percentage. He is not getting guys to swing at stuff that's anywhere outside of the zone. He is not fooling hitters right now. Out-of-zone swing percentage last year was 33.3%, and then this year it is 24%. That's a uh, difference of 9.3%. I don't know necessarily if that's a be-all and end-all type of stat, but it is a little bit of a, a difference for sure. But then, other than that, it's kind of weird. Spin rates are actually up for some of his pitches. And when I look at, you know, batters against the, you know, certain pitches that he's thrown so far this year. For his fastball last year, batters were hitting 332 against it. This year, only 257. Last year, Pete, batters were hitting uh, under 100 against his slider. This year, he's used his slider more, his second most used pitch, and batters are hitting 108 against it. So, doing better, but not much of a big distinction there. It's still really bad. Change up last year. Batters are hitting 259 against it. This year they're hitting 278. But more importantly, their expected batting average is 364 on that as opposed to last year, which is 256. And then curveball, 267 batting against it this year versus last year, uh, 132. So, so there are some things that batters aren't hitting against, but it's still, it's not. I haven't seen too much of a change that suggests that batters are necessarily killing this guy and that they figured him out. It is just weird, though. It is just weird, though, that he's not getting anyone to chase anything outside the zone. But even still, when you look at batters, like, 
it's just I really think it just comes down to location. I'm using all these numbers right now, but just in terms of location, he hasn't been able to do it. He hasn't been able to full batters, and I guess the only solid part is that it's not like guys are absolutely crushing his pitches when they do manage to make contact. This isn't like more of a Chris Paddock scenario. So that's kind of the good news. But in general, all that combined to say I am worried about Blake Snell. I am worried about what he's going to do because he's the number two pitcher. This isn't a guy who's the number four or five pitcher. This is the number two pitcher. This is one of the things I've been making about uh, Chris Paddock where I'm like, if that guy's going to give up like two or three runs every start, that's not bad for like your fifth start. It really isn't. Uh, We don't need him to be an ace anymore. So really it's a concerning development, especially because the Padres rotation is a bit beat up right now. We don't know what's going on with Lament. He's expected to start uh, tonight's game against the Rockies. We've got um, Adrian Mortajon, who's done for the year Chris Paddock just coming off of a, a little bit of an injury it's just very it's kind of uncertain sort of the, the the rotation so far and there's another guy that I want to talk about who's been a little bit uncertain recently too and that's Joe Musgrove but before we talk about him guys before we talk about him vroom, 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 we need to shift gears ladies and gentlemen and talk about cars Cars, and more specifically, rockauto.com, guys. It is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. That's right, two whole decades. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything. Engine control modules, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. Whatever you need, you can get it delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog on top of that is really easy to navigate. It's very unique. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. And for that lattermost part of that, prices, I know everybody wants to know what the prices are going to be. Well, guess what? RockAuto.com prices, they're always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. You don't want to spend up to twice as much for the same parts now, do you? So go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, RockAuto.com. And then also let me quickly mention that Bet Online, if you're one of them sports gamblers, completely different than cars, of course, guys, what we're talking about here right now. But Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is obviously in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. And you can get all the latest news um, aside from baseball. You can get your, all your news on the NBA, the NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. All of your sporting needs are covered. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit remember to use the promo code locked on bet online your online sportsbook experts and now guys let's talk about what I alluded to before. Let's talk about Sir Joe Musgrove. My second takeaway from the weekend slate of games follows yet another pitcher, and that's Joe Musgrove. And I just want to talk about him just a little bit, just a little bit, because I am not nearly as concerned about Joe Musgrove as I am with Blake Snell. Even Blake Snell, to a degree, I'm not like freaking out like we're a DEFCON 4 with Blake Snell. I say we're like DEFCON 1, maybe. 
or whichever is the lowest degree. Some let me tell you, the amount of times that people have said DefCon Four is the highest and DefCon One is the highest. Like, come on, guys, give me the right message. What's going on here? But anyway, uh, on Saturday's game, Joe Musgrove pitched, and it was a extraordinarily boring and unfortunate game. Did I turn it off at one point to just kind of hang out and rest on my bed because I was tired of watching it? Yeah, that might have happened. Uh, in this game, Musgrove goes five innings, allowing four runs on eight hits, did not walk a batter, and struck out seven. So some good stuff there. Obviously did not walk anybody. The control was still there. But he left some kind of... Look, Brandon Crawford hit a home run at one point in this game that I thought was not the worst pitch I've ever seen, but it definitely hung up in there, his curve. It was just... That happens every now and then. Uh, I feel like Musgrove throws like one of those meatball curveballs, if there's such a phrase, where he just it hangs up in there way too much and doesn't have the same bite to it, uh, and that's what happens. So I can see him being a guy who could give up these type of games. He could have these type of games where he's still, I mean, four runs isn't that atrocious, and like I said, he didn't walk anybody. So um, some people were wondering there after this game, Musgrove, he hasn't been good since the no-hitter. And to that I say, uh, no, incorrect. He's actually been fine since the no-hitter. After the no-hitter, after his 9 inning no hit performance obviously striking out 10 against Pittsburgh he goes four innings allowing one run on four hits walking two striking out six that's not bad you know what I mean that's not like a bad start yes I would love to see him go five innings there but that's still not bad and also he only had uh gone through 81 pitches so if he wanted to pitch a fifth if they have Jay Stinkler kept him in he probably could have pitched a fifth inning I actually was a little bit surprised that they didn't keep him in but it also happens that he's it's not his fault that the Padres couldn't score in that game losing five to one and then the start after that he was very good against Milwaukee granted with a little bit of a dilapidated sort of weakened lineup because no Colton Wong no Christian Yelich no um Lorenzo Kane, but even still, he went seven innings in that game, giving up only two runs on four hits, walking one, and striking out 13. Very impressive there. And then against the Dodgers, some might say, oh man, this is a bad start here. Uh, this is ended up being the Sunday night baseball game, which by the way, Sunday night baseball, four of the last five games that they've showed up Sunday night baseball have revolved around the Braves or Phillies. Come on, baseball. You know what I mean? Get your shit together. What are you doing? Put it on the same teams four out of the five weeks. Unbelievable. But anyway, it was a great game, but Musgrove wasn't elite. In this game, he went three innings, giving up one earned run on three hits, walking two and striking out four. And my issue was, in that game, while he didn't look super, super good, only 77 pitches. I was surprised that Jay Singler took him out so quickly. I really was. I know he didn't look incredible, but it's not like he was getting beat up. I was disappointed. And Tingler that time. I thought that that was a Tingler thing that he should have kept him in for at least another inning if he was at, you know, such a low pitch count. So I was surprised by that. And then these last two games is what people are probably, what makes them think, oh, he hasn't been good for a while now. It's in San Francisco, um, or I should say at Petco against San Francisco. He goes five innings, giving up five earned runs on four hits, walking two, striking out six. And then just the other day, of course, like I mentioned before, the four runs on eight hits walking on striking out seven. So here's my response to that. It's okay to have a rough patch, but no, it's not true that he hasn't been good or looked the same since the no-hitter. He still looked effective. And here's the bottom line is this. Your expectations for Joe Musgrove shouldn't be ace, ace, ace. He's an ace now because of his first two starts of the season. You know, that's called sample sizing and whatnot. And I mentioned, after he threw the no-hitter, even if he regresses, even if he finishes the year with like a 3.5, 3.6 ERA, something like that, and is an effective number three pitcher, that's great. That's what the Padres need. The more bigger concern is Snell because Snell is expected to be that second ace in the rotation. Musgrove was a buy-low guy that you were hoping could really just be like an arm that nobody was looking at that can give you some good performances. Uh, that's 
the the Padres have so much depth that Musgrove being an ace isn't a necessity. That's not what they need in order to succeed. So everybody that's kind of uh, nervous about Musgrove, I wouldn't be. His next start is probably going to be come come up against the Cardinals, which is a very solid team. Seventh in home runs and slugging percentage. They're pitching decent in ERA, uh, 11th in baseball, batting average. They're just very solid so far, I guess is what I'd call the Cardinals, although not exemplary. So that'll be a very interesting test for Musgrove. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure when it'll be his turn in the rotation. It might be like on Sunday for Sunday Night Baseball. I'm not entirely sure. It also depends on what happens with the Padres, kind of pitching staff and whatnot. But yes, no panic. I am not panicking about Joe Musgrove, but I will say this to everybody who thought he was an ace. You should panic, but my thing is, I was never expecting him to be an ace. I thought he was just going to be really solid and a great pitcher for this team. If this guy could be decent, that's all they need, and I think that expecting him to be as elite as he was in those first two starts is just setting yourself up for disappointment, and that is uh, just, your expectations are getting way too through the roof, I think, for Joe Musgrove, but regardless, very excited about him, guys, and now before we get into the last kind of bit of this podcast, that's right, not a too, too much of a long one. Uh, today, I want to make sure I can get out of here and let you guys enjoy your day. Uh, also, because I honestly don't think there's too much necessarily to talk about. But still, guys, let me talk to you about the best tasting protein bar of them all, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, I am talking about Built Bar. That's right, guys. Covered in 100% chocolate. Soft and easy to chew. Great variety of flavors. They had the strawberry flavor for Mother's Day uh, yesterday that was available over the weekend. They have Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, 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 Cherry, Coconut. Alma coconut, peanut butter brownie. They have all sorts of flavors, and like Ben and Jerry's, they release new flavors for limited time, like constantly. It's always really fun seeing what new flavors they come up with. And as I said, they are protein bars, which means they are nice and healthy for you. Most of the flavors, uh, each bar is going to look like this 17 grams protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams net carbs, guys. Great for the keto diet for all you health conscious guys or gals. So be sure to go to Built Bar and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Remember that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And now, guys, we are wrapping it up kind of for the today's podcast. Those are my two biggest takeaways. One, that I'm definitely concerned about Blake Snell. And two, relax about Joe Musgrove. Uh, I still think that he's fine. Just don't expect him to be invincible every outing, guys. Come on now. Be smart about this, ladies and gentlemen. But I want to talk about now the Padres' offense really quickly. I want to talk about yesterday's game, which is just delightful, delightful. And then talk a little bit about the Rockies. So here's the thing. Yesterday, the Padres scored 11 runs. That's right. It was an absolute show. They killed the Giants to the point where at one point, Darren Ruff, a position player, had to pitch for them. It was a nice way to bounce back from two games that made everybody sad and, and miserable based on you know the performances of our starting pitchers, the offense looking out of whack. It's, it's a nice bounce back to kind of distract from the fact that we did lose the series. But even still losing the series, they're only a game and a half back uh, in the NL West. Yes, it is unfortunate that the Dodgers, who have been pretty mediocre lately, have not won a lot of their games. They just lost yesterday against the Angels, Rizal Iglesias, closing that game out. Yeah, even Rizal Iglesias was able to close it out. I'm mad because I have him on my fantasy team, but that guy has blown like eight saves, it feels like, so far. But anyway, um, so so far, that is definitely disappointing, but it's nice to see them end on a high note. This features home runs from Fernando Tatis Jr., Jake the Rake Cronenworth. Will Myers had a nice RBI uh, single in this game that brought in two uh you know, all sorts of stuff. Grisham hit a triple at one point, allowing Fam 
and Tatis to score. Hosmer drove somebody in, and the announcers brought up again after that. They were like, hey, Hosmer's been unbelievable with guys at scoring position. Even Jorge Mateo got in on the action. Granted, against Darren Ruff because it was at the end of the game and they had to use him and whatnot. But just very good to see, and I'm hoping... In this game also, the starter for today's game, by the way, which I should talk about, was Chris Paddock. He went three innings in the game, giving up no runs on four hits, walking one, striking out four. You might be worried, oh, only only three innings? Well, it's probably because he just got back for unspecified reasons off the, the ILs, and he only had 53 pitches. So they wanted it to be kind of a duo bullpen game. They bring in Weathers, who is excellent yet again, only allowing one hit through three innings, walking one and striking out three. And I was fine with that. You, I was just complaining about how Musgrove, I think, has been taken out a little bit too early in situations. This is I was okay with because Paddock just came off the injured list, and Ryan Weathers has been so good for the team this year that I also like to see. I wanted to see both of them. Um, but very cool to see that from Paddock. He needed that. There was a point in which he he pounded his chest. He's like, look, I'm not the sheriff anymore. I'm trying to be myself, all this stuff. Uh, but I like to see a little bit of swagger return to a degree because he, he gets a lot of crap from, from Padres fans, and, and deservedly sometimes. He was really bad last year, and this year he's been less than ideal for sure. But I must reemphasize again, I kind of alluded to it with Musgrove, Chris Paddock is like the fourth or fifth guy in the rotation. If he can have starts like this, that is excellent. The team has so much depth, guys, that he does not need to be the god-tier sheriff that he was that first year. I would still like to see a, a better pitch usage. Only four curveballs from him. Did generate one whiff on one of the curveballs, which was kind of cool at one point. Uh, but what I like to see is that people weren't really hitting his fastball. A little bit of movement on it. I like that. So hopefully Paddock can be good. Like I, I still I have some hope for him to... To achieve what his role, his expectation, and what the team needs from him. They do not need an ace. They just need a solid back-of-the-rotation sort of guy. And so far, I think he's been okay. I really do. People aren't necessarily hitting him too hard. You look at his StatCast page, the exit view, all that stuff. They aren't hitting him as badly as they were last year. So that is a good sign. And the changeup still looks as good as ever, really. Uh, so that was a nice thing to see. But in general, I'm hoping that the Padres can parlay this offensive explosion performance into this upcoming series which I am so excited for, one, because I feel like we've been playing. The Giants, the Pirates, and then the Giants again, it's just not the most exciting series. I mean, even though the Giants are good, and I respect the hell out of that team, you know me, guys. Like, I really think this is a solid team with a bunch of players that are just... And Island Misfit Toys is what I like to call the team, just a lot of undervalued players. I just... Facing off against them isn't as exciting because I also don't have hatred for the Giants. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, like, bitter rivalry. I love Ben Caspic of Lockdown Giants. Go listen to his podcast. He's great. Uh, like, I have no, like, hatred for them. You know what I'm saying? There isn't, like, anything fun necessary about the Giants right now because they're just they're just kind of vibing, I feel like, that team. Um, so, hopefully, uh, with these upcoming series, it's going to be a lot more exciting. You get a three-game series against the Rockies, and then this weekend, a three-game series against the Cardinals, including on Sunday Night Baseball. Thank God, someone that isn't the Phillies or the Braves, like I alluded to earlier uh, so that's really cool stuff to look forward to and it's at Coors Field so hopefully combined with the the 11 run explosion against the Giants we can hopefully parlay that into uh, a great series at Coors Field hopefully someone like Manny Machado gets it going who has now officially been in a, a really long slump even for his kind of standard I know it's just a, a slow month for him I'm really hoping for him to turn it up in May um, and I think he will I'm still confident he will but just have to admit, I'm just a little bit like, ah, oh, come on, my guy. I-, I miss you. I miss seeing you hit. So hopefully uh, the Padres are going to be awesome against the Rockies. And even more importantly, which I definitely will be covering, it's one of the biggest things, Denelson Lamette will be making a start tonight. I don't know what the expectation is for him. I don't know how many innings he's expected to go. But I would love to see higher velocity. Because if it's, if it's still low, that would scare me. 
that would make me think this guy is going to get the surgery or he's just not going to be that pitcher that we wanted him to be or potentially needed him to be uh, for an extended playoff run. That would scare me. Hopefully last outing, which is him intentionally not trying to go 100%, just test things out, work things a little bit, see if he could just pitch. You know what I mean? See if he could just make it through a few innings. Hopefully he can do that. Otherwise, I'm going to be concerned. So this is the rare situation where a one-start appearance he's one of the few pitchers on the team where if he has like a one bad start that it actually is concerning because of the injury risk and all that stuff so um gonna be paying attention to that and now guys before we wrap up today's relatively short by my standards uh podcast i need to talk to you very quickly about locked on today and what does that podcast entail, guys? Well, it gives you all the sports news, not just the Padres, not just baseball. It gives you all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Uh, host Peter Bukowski, the iconic Peter Bukowski, I must say, he updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts, including yours truly sometimes. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. I listen to it every day. I love the bite-sized podcast. 20 minutes updates you on the day. Think the daily of the New York Times almost or think ESPN daily, but it's it's everything. It covers everything. Not many people are doing it for sports, believe it or not. So definitely check that out, guys. And for the future of this show, of course, like I said, I will be covering uh, Dedell Sitzelbeth's start tomorrow. But also, uh, the new host of Locked On Rockies is going to be making an appearance on this here podcast. I'm very, very excited for it. Paul Holden is his name, guys. I'll be meeting him for the first time. This is exciting. Not only are we playing the Rockies and a new team, but a new host for Rockies. So we'll be talking about that, and I will be certainly asking him about, the, you know, with the Bridrich regime ending, uh, what his thoughts on that are, and maybe if they're going to be making any trades. So that should be a lot of fun, a crossover for tomorrow, probably. Uh, we'll see. Uh, probably that'll be for tomorrow's uh, episode and Wednesday. And also throughout this week, I'll be answering your guys' uh, questions that you sent in the Apple Podcast Review section. That should be cool. And then the Cardinals series, I am hoping to have Lucas Smith on of Lockdown Cardinals to talk about that team and just any questions I might have and how it's been uh, playing, you know, Nolan Arenado. How has it been watching that guy so far, you know? I have the Rockies who we're playing right now, and now we play against Nolan Arenado's new team. And I think that that's a series I'm really looking forward to. I, I genuinely mean that. I think that... Uh, the cards are a, a low-key, very cool team for baseball fans, even if they don't generate the same, whoa, oh my god, excitement, you know, as some other teams. And I do just genuinely, I, I like Jack Flair. He seems like a cool dude. Uh, but with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast where you get your podcast from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever be sure to send those five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. I'd greatly appreciate it. Also, send any question in there. A little incentive for you guys to give me five stars. It's not a bribe. It's not a bribe. I mean, it is a bribe, but let's just... For, for legal purposes, it's not a bribe, guys. You know, you know what I mean? But uh, anyway, be sure to follow the show or myself on Twitter at LO underscore Padres or at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.